Welcome to Manhood. Who's thinking are you thinking? Hey, it's Frank Sell, your host of Armored Up Man, the podcast. Who's this podcast for? It's men. Men that are ready to fulfill their potential instead of just getting by on talent. How do I know that? Because that was me over 10 years ago. I realized everywhere I went, there I was. Everything in my life I was responsible for. And when you can take responsibility for it, then you start stepping into manhood and you have the ability to make change. Welcome to the show. I like it. Uh, what is going on, everybody? How are we doing? Um, man, I appreciate you all. I appreciate, man, I just I appreciate today. I appreciate you, Jeff. I appreciate this opportunity. Um, I appreciate the clarity of vision that has brought us here today. Uh, if you don't know what we're doing here, well, I take full responsibility for that. My name is Frank Sell. Uh, I guess you would say I'm the, the founder, creator of Armored Up Man. And what is Armored Up Man? Well, that's been my journey and a process that I used to say I developed or I thought of called, who's thinking are you thinking? Welcome to manhood. When in reality, like most things, it's completely opposite, completely backwards of what life really is. It's a reflection. And so that reflection is that that process built me. Meaning when I started to look around and say, man, everywhere I go, there I am. Everything around me, every disaster, whatever, it may not have been my fault, but it's my responsibility if I call myself a man. Then I have to think about who's thinking and my thinking. And the reason why I say that, um, and so we'll get to, to our guest, Jeff, who is patiently waiting here in just a minute. Because uh, we, man, we just, we have no game plan. We have no, no um, script. We just roll with it. So here's, here's something that I have, I have learned from years past um, about this. So I, I didn't like the results I had in my life. And my results follow my actions. My actions follow my thinking. My thinking follows my inputs. So when I go back to who's thinking in my thinking and where did I get the thinking that led to that action that got that result? So that is why that is why today I wanted to have Jeff Watson on here. Um, I mean, he's a good friend of mine and I, I watched what he is doing in his life in business and family. And I said, you know what? I want to ask this man, the big three, I want to find out what makes him tick. Who's thinking he's thinking and kind of how he got there because why? because I know at some point I needed to hear it from somebody. And it's not up to any one of us to decide who that is. It's up to us to take action by faith and just realize it's not up to us to sort it out. It's just up to us to plan it out there in the universe. And whoever's God's gonna to speak to, man, he's gonna to speak to. But Jeff, brother, man, thanks for coming on today. Hey, I appreciate the opportunity, sir. I really do. Yeah, this is so awesome. So you're from Elko, Nevada. You're um, man, you're a husband, you're yep. a father, yep. a business owner, entrepreneur. Um, so let's just give our audience uh, just a little insight on who is Jeff Watson. Who is Jeff Watson? Jeff Watson is a kid that grew up in New Mexico with um, we'll just start this out right with a, with a father that was an alcoholic that liked to throw things and scream at things and the type <laughs> of guy that would that would come in the room five or six times to apologize for beating us and yelling at us and start beating and yelling. I said, <laughs> my, mm -hmm. my brother, and I remember laying there, you know, praying that, that God would take his life sometimes. Right. So that's, that's right. The, kind of the kids that we were and, and the upbringing. So, and the only reason I say that is because I don't think any one of us on this planet has a better opportunity than the next person. We all grow up with, with issues. We all start with problems um, that, that, that transpired to, a career as a high school dropout, actually, because I just never, I never had the backing of anything of why, um, any truth, any purposes. It was the day-to-day -day grind. It was the day-to-day -day hustle of a family. And I was the kid that kind of just felt like I was the, I don't know. Now I look at it as like, you were just the kid that was in the way, you know what I mean? And, and I don't want to say anything that, that I wouldn't say to my parents if they were watching, because that's really the honestly the way I see a lot of kids being raised too. And you just, there's never any family input. We weren't eating at tables. 
as a family. We weren't doing anything as a family. We weren't doing anything, to be honest with you. So going through school, it was just friends, drinking, partying, nothing to chase, no purpose, no reason. And we lived in a small town called Beatty, Nevada. So, I mean, I don't know if you guys grew up in a town with 1,800 people. It's There's nothing to do but drink. <laughs> and there was a mine there, an underground gold mine. So there might be some people that watch this that don't understand. That still goes on today. And we're like the largest gold producer in North America right here in this area. So there's there's opportunities for kids to get out of school and make 100 grand a year and work 50% of the time. That was my goal. As a 17-year-old kid that was hung over most of the days and in trouble getting taken for curfew on, on occasion by police officers, my goal in life was to get tatted up, get drunk all the time, and work in the underground mines. And that's actually that's actually what I did for quite some time. The uh -huh. underground mining, it's a great, it's a great career. It happens, you know, it's going on right now. I've got friends underground right now, thousands of feet. And um we did that for 12 years, 12 years. I met my wife underground mining. She, she was a summer student. That's, that's a whole nother story there. I, and, um, it was just, it was the nine to five. I guess that that's the term that we can use is the nine to five. We had the house, we had the dogs, we were raising the kids and it was just the day to day thing and nothing changed. Right. And that, right. that's who I became in 2006. That's when things started to change though. My mom, she made a great, massive real estate investment and sold it and made a couple million dollars. And she said to me, I want to get you out of the mines because it's dangerous. Cause I mean, we just lost, we actually just lost a guy last week. It was a fatality. It's, it's not the first one this year too. So it's dangerous. And she says, I'm going to pay you a small salary and I'm going to get you out of the mines. And I want you to look for real estate for me. And, and I didn't find too much, but what I did find, is I found the owner of the Gold's Gym with wanting to sell his business. And that's what got us out of the mines into the Gold's Gym was that little separation between mining, looking for real estate, working out in the gym. And she was able to give us about 25 grand for investment to buy into the gym. And that's, well, that's, that's how cool. I went from mining to the business world. And talk about jumping in with both feet, Frank. You don't know any of this story. I don't think you've ever followed that, right? No. So, I mean, imagine you go from an underground miner, which is dirty, working with explosives, drinking beer in the mornings off graveyards, not giving a shit about life or, or, or anything for that matter. As far as growth and wealth and retirement and legacies and truth or any of that stuff, you just go to work every day. You get mm -hmm. drunk on the home and you repeat the process throughout the day or throughout the work week. You jump into a business with 30 employees and 2,000 members, and you don't have a fucking idea what you're doing. <laughs> so that, that's, it's amazing, right? I mean, just to step into something like that. And I guess we were blessed because we made it through. And that was 2006, right? Yeah. 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 That's awesome because I, I love that because I resonate with that so much. And I think. You know, that, that's why we do this show um, is because there's so many people out there that man, they feel the same way. And so it's it's the old sales mantra, man. I, I know how you feel because I felt the same way growing up. And I, I just made a post on social media earlier about when I had a job, my mentality, my thinking was I want to make 20 bucks an hour. Right. When I started my business, I want to make 100 grand a year, all time related right thing and when i became an entrepreneur businessman i want to make money while i sleep that's the goal right <laughs> that's, that's right? it yeah I so so to continue on with with some of the stuff that that makes me who i am today is we were the only gym in town for a long time and i think mm -hmm. that's actually part of the universe's plan if you will because we wouldn't have been able to make it if we had you know serious competition because i didn't know what i was doing but come 2009 we got some serious competition and um it, it really forced us to think and take back and learn and we barely scraped by going into a new location in 2014 we thought that was the answer we thought okay so maybe it was the location maybe it was the fact that it was dirty and, and there was an older building and there's not much we could ever do with it but we went to this new location and of course anything new 
the the business skyrockets for a minute and if nothing else changes it goes right back down to what it was and now you've got new expenses and just a different mailing address so that's exactly what happened and so i got actually an appraiser who's a friend of mine works at morgan stanley knows a lot about business he started appraising my business because i wanted out i couldn't stand every day i couldn't stand my employees i couldn't stand who i was but i didn't know at the time i couldn't hate i couldn't stand me what i hated was everything around me and every time there was a customer at my at my counter I might look over from the gym and see a customer at the counter. My brain immediately went to, there's another person leaving my business. And it, it could have been somebody looking right, for directions. Right. I don't know. But my first initial thought was, there's another person leaving. And my employees, mm-hmm. every two months, we were losing an employee. And so every, two, every if you're having to hire an employee every two months, you're damn sure not doing the interview process, right? So you're finding right. anybody in the world that could possibly fill that hole. And your, your employees aren't. You, you didn't have a mission. I didn't have a mission. I had nothing. I just had a bad attitude. And um, it got to where the business was being appraised. And I went back to work in the mines, February, 2015. And uh, that was when shit got real. And I actually, you know what? I should, I should have dug these out in the mines. They have, you know, everybody's familiar with loaders, front end loaders and stuff. But if you can imagine putting one of those in a tunnel, right, it's a lot shorter and it's a lot fatter and it's a lot longer, right? You sit sideways to run this piece of equipment because you're in a tube, uh-huh. right? So you have to do equipment checklist on this stuff. And it's federally regulated that you have to check the oil and you have to check the transmission and you have to look at the tires. And I have a stack, probably that that tall of equipment cards with notes from the MFCEO right above me i'll never throw them away i'm probably going to frame them one of these days because in the mines now they have radios in the equipment so you can hook up your iphone or your ipod or whatever and my wife one day said are you familiar with podcasts because i ran across this guy that likes to you know swear a lot and he reminds me of you (laughs) (laughs) i had no idea who andy Purcell was so i get down there and by the the mid shift of the very first 12-hour shift that I listened to Andy Frisella, I was calling myself a pussy. I felt like I needed to crawl out of my skin because mm-hmm. I had just this massive – I don't think it was spiritual enlightenment, but it was enlightenment of you're yeah. wrong. You're doing things so wrong. And Andy Frisella was like this godlike creature to me that night that was like, you're a pussy, and you're at fault for this. Nobody else. You did this. All and so for the next nine months, I was crawling out of my skin, going to work, thinking, why am I here? What am I doing here? So I would listen to another podcast, take another note. And it got to the point where work was comical because <laughs> I didn't have to be there. I was making some changes in the gym. And I started to see those 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 numbers rise. I started to see the attitude. Um, I remember sitting down with a, the, the manager at the time and telling her about the visions and the goals. And we started to cry together. It was crazy this because you, you know as well as I do when you're spiritually enlightened and something hits you in the emotions, you cry. I don't care what kind of man you are, right? And so I remember days like that. So I would go to work knowing that I didn't have to be there. And what a trip. What a, what a difference that made, right? Oh, well, and that's, you know, um, it's kind of like what Jim Rohn says. Like, I'm, not, I'm no theologian, but I've read quite a bit of shit in, in the Bible and stuff. That's classic. Yeah. Before, if you weren't, uh, if you're listening to this or watching this, we had a little conversation about swearing in the church before this. So it's funny. Uh, I say, you know, and shit before I quote some Bible stuff. But show me the verse where it says shit is a bad word. That thou shalt not say fuck. Well, it also says, you know, it's okay to be in the world because you're in the world. Can't help it, but don't be of the world. And right. uh, so, anyhow. Uh, we'll go back to this. You know, I think it's Proverbs. It talks about, you know, where there is no vision, the people will perish. Right. And, uh, you know, I love that because I I just did a show last night. We have another uh, podcast show we do. And I talked about a lot of the same stuff. And it goes back into, you know, who's thinking, are you thinking? So growing up, my dad was self-employed. Uh, for Coming out of high school, I was a welder uh, for 10 years. Um, I, I did that. And then I, I started my own business. But... You know, by by doing these live shows or by talking about this stuff, um, you actually start to understand how you feel about it, and it's it's uh, it's a process because, like I, I talked this morning in the private Armored Up Man group, 
which if you're listening to this, uh, we have a, a group of just men closed private groups so we can have conversations outside world is not going to see your business um, right. or, and your troubles. And so the reason for that is I was talking about this last night and thinking about the process that my, my brain is just a processor and it processes information to, to feed it to my heart. And what happened was growing up, my dad had always had this feeling that, you know, there's something better being a small business owner or owning our own job per se. What I, what I like to say, because if I don't make money without being there, then I own my own job. That's yeah. plain and simple. Yeah. Uh, and so here I am. I, you know, I go back to my inputs and I watched what my dad did. And I thought, well, man, the path to freedom is to own my own job or own my own business. Yes. And so when I look back at it, I know like what you're saying, my, my dad felt the pain. I feel the same pain. And my, my dad didn't have the answer because he was too busy to focus on making an income to put a roof over our heads and feed my big footed ass. Um, really think about or dig into who's thinking he was thinking because a lot like yourself, um, you know, he was he had a, a really abusive stepfather. He left home at 14. His whole existence was survival. His that's all he had time to think about or all he wanted to think about was, man, how do I eat? Um, right. So when it came time to have kids, there was no plan other than to teach us how to be tough and survive and right. eat ourselves. We'll pull and up your right. bootstraps and work hard and right, shake up. Retire at 65. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, and so, you know, that's that's the whole reason for that we're doing this is to to lend, man, loan our experiences because I, I last night on the show, I don't know if you caught um, the show I did last night, you know, if if most people think of OPM as other people's money. And if you go up to my children and ask them what's the best mistake ever, they'll tell you other people's mistakes. Yeah. Because the, there's a value in mistakes, just like money. Right. Um, and so that's what this is all about is, you know, I have franked up a lot of stuff. I know Jeff has, has jacked up, jeffed up a lot of stuff. Um, and, and we have learned from those things. And I guarantee you I'm going to do it today. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm awake, I'm going to do it. Right. <laughs> and so that's the whole reason for this is, you know, we we want to leave a better world, a better universe for the next generation. And right. this is how we have decided to do it is to share our stories and experiences, our mistakes, our successes. Um, so going through this stuff, Jeff, and you know, it's, it's obvious at some point you had that, that epiphany, that bridge where you said, okay, this is painful over here. Um, it's painful because I keep making maybe some of the same mistakes and you get clarity of vision of, of kind of a more of, of who you are and what's going on around you. And so the big three um, on Armored Up Man, the way I've, I've been to develop this process and I'm, I'm developing the process is there's three things that I really see as a foundation for manhood and that's truth, honor, and legacy. And in truth, um, there's, there's a few aspects to that. And we've touched on it a little bit, your faith or spirituality, your family, your your finances and your health um so now we're, we're moved down the pathways we, we've man we've kind of we kind of have a understanding of knowing what we don't know and now we get into knowing what we know uh so man help us out a little bit and explain maybe to to the listeners your truth in like maybe maybe the face spirituality area it can be as broad or as as narrow focused as you want that, and the only reason I say that is because we have to have some kind of foundation right. for the way we believe what we believe okay. and build our, our yeah. family. And, and to me, the more I think about, and I and I think for the listeners, they're probably a lot like me. And I, I don't know, you, you sound extremely intelligent, Frank. And a lot of people, because I own a business, 
assume that I'm intelligent as well. I had a lady the other week say, you know, I had this, this billion dollar idea, but I'm going to give it to you because you're the type of person that can make it happen. Right. And of course <laughs> I took it. Right. I'm like, well, I'll write that down. <laughs> right. But you know, as a high school dropout, I have a really hard time, you know, reading and understanding some of the books that I buy and I have to read things three, four times. So Please, if you're listening to this, don't assume that we're Harvard, you know, graduates that have all this massive brain power. We don't, right? There's one common denominator is that I don't quit. Okay. Mm -hmm. I, I will not ever, ever, ever quit. But what, what you, you know, back up and what changed things is when I got back into the business, November, 2015, I realized that when, when I was, Failing as a business owner, I was thinking about me. Now that I'm a successful business owner and we're opening up our second gym, and actually today is the first day the contractor's on site, so I am super, super pumped about that. Um, I started thinking about other people. And um, mm -hmm. that was the definitive moment of truth, is that I'm not on this planet to make myself better. I'm on this planet to mm -hmm. share my experiences and my knowledge with others to help them. And when I say knowledge, we all have knowledge somewhere, right? Um, I can't yeah, teach you yeah. English. I can't teach you history, but I can get you in shape. I can teach you mm -hmm. how to, to have fitness involved in your family and in your life so much that so it will affect your knowledge it will affect your relationships and eventually affect your money because when you are fit you are happy and when you're happy you do work better so that's that's where i started noticing my truth is that we are here for other people okay yeah, yeah. Um, it, you know and it goes to like the honor that how do i honor that truth mm -hmm. that's that's something that is like it's like a muscle. It, it's something that goes away if you don't work it. I mean, I can say what I want on here to impress Sean that, that, that just chimed in. I can impress anybody and say, this is what I do. And then I can be a selfish dick on the whole day, right? But it's something that has to be worked on like a muscle every single day. It has to be fed, it has to be nurtured. And that's how I honor that is every situation I think about it and I think, and I remove me out of the equation. Yeah, I think yeah, it's me. Most of us, we uh, like manhood. For most men, I, I think people would agree that is we learn how to behave in public. <laughs> Stop <laughs> pissing on trees, dude. <laughs> but yeah, you know, so like at home or behind, you know, away from the public, it's a totally different story. And right? so, like, what, what's awesome, man? I'm going to brag on you here a little bit because I was talking to, to Jeff yesterday on the phone and he was actually on the way to go talk to a customer, a young college girl that, you know, left the gym um, and there's, you know, cancellation fees and stuff. And he, he was taking his time to go remedy that and talk to this person like, Hey, this is, this is a person in a position that, you know, they're selling hours of their life to come join my gym. And now they're selling hours of their life to, to quit my gym. I want to go find out why and how I can serve these people better. Right. And you know what happened with that, Frank, is, is um, we, we actually had a, a mistake in our system and a billing mistake. And she was double charged twice. Her friend was supposed to be charged that extra charge, but she wasn't. So she got it. And um, we didn't take the time properly. Mm -hmm. I mean, at the end of the day, I can have a whole list of excuses why, and I can blame it on everybody, but we didn't do our job right. And she ended up canceling 200 bucks for a 19-year-old kid that works at a coffee shop. That's a lot of money. That was probably an entire two-week paycheck, right? And it was oh, yeah. 20s. It was 20s. So it was fresh 20s. I knew she went to the ATM, and I'm like, this isn't right. My gut was turning and twisting all night. I went in there, and she looked at me as soon as I walked in the door, and I could tell that she was just like, oh, what, what is this? Right? <laughs> I walked up. And I pulled $200 out of 20s and I slid it across the table and I said, I believe this is yours. And she said, you don't have to do that. And I said, you're absolutely right. I don't, but I want to. I will not have anybody join and leave my gym that will hinder their thought process of any gym that they join in the future. I want your business. I think I deserve your business. You deserve a happy gym to be in. But we failed you 
So here's your money. Your gym membership is 100% canceled, and now the ball is in your court, and I apologize for how you were treated. So that's how that rolled. She started crying. The other employee came over, which is an older woman. She's in her 40s, and we've known each other for a while. She hugged the girl and said she had been crying all morning about that $200 that she had to spend. Man. And you know what? I walked out $200 lighter, but 1,000 pounds lighter if you will, as far as my gut and did you do the right thing? And, um, and I don't care what comes back to me or if anything comes back to me, I just wanted her to be treated fairly. So then that's how I roll every day. And that's the, that's the muscle that's training your muscle. You're honoring your truth, honoring your legacy is to do those things that you feel in your gut. It's in your gut for a reason. Fucking take care of it. All <laughs> oh, if, if you're uh, listening, is there an echo on your end Jeff? I don't know. No. Okay. It's just, maybe it's the mind. Um, but like, if you're if you're going to listen to this on the podcast, because this will be downloaded and put on the Armored Up Man pod, podcast on iTunes and stuff. Um, I know. I know. I'm six feet, six foot one. I don't know how how tall are you, Jeff? Five nine. On a good day. Yeah. Okay. So Jeff here is five nine. Both of us have fairly large beards. Um, we have a majestic head of hair on our chins. And yes. And I'm looking at Jeff here on the video. He's got like coffee cans for shoulders. <laughs> he's a big dude. And he's yeah, two two fifteen, two fifteen this morning at five foot nine. Yeah, <laughs> right. And solid. Um, and so Sean says, just when I talk, okay. Um, Stop so, talking. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah, I wonder if do you have something on in the background, Jeff? That's playing. I don't, you know, I did have, I did have my iPhone on with, with Facebook on it, but I turned it off. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I want to kill mine here too. Maybe that's what, what's I going had the on. same thing on the 300 Elite Club the other night. Every time I would do a live video and bring my friend Mike in, it would echo. So he did a live video and brought me in and it was perfect. Hmm. Same two phones, same live video. Yeah, that's strange. Well, sorry for that, everybody. Deal with it. Um, <laughs> so that, that is awesome. Uh, I just want to give a little bit of perspective for the people watching that, you know, this scenario, this setup, you know, this, this girl just had to be like freaking out. She was. She uh, was. That, that's so the whole thing. You know, I learned that from Andy Purcell, Frank. You know, one of, the, one of the podcasts I was listening to, he said that um, whenever somebody says something on social media that's negative about his business, he doesn't just go to that person. If anybody liked or commented on that, he will actually send a private message to however many people liked that negative comment. And that's yeah. something that really hit home is, is um, anybody that likes the fact that there's a negative thing about my business, I need to fix and I don't need to fix because I don't want the social media crap. I need to fix it because they're wrong. We care about the members. We care about their well-being and we care about the reason that they're there. And something happened in that process and we failed them and we have to fix that. And that's what separates us from a lot of other businesses. Yeah, I love that episode with uh, Andy where he said like, somebody called looking for a, a, a belt or a gasket for their car because they thought that they were calling O'Reilly's auto, auto parts. <laughs> and their people were trained to solve a problem. And they're like, hey, you know what? This is, I'll find out for you. Right. Hey, let me call you back. Right. <laughs> you know? That's what we have to do as humans, is be mm -hmm. a good person. Right. It's really that simple. It could, it could change the whole, I mean, it could, it could change generations. One contact with one person that changes their perception their lens on the world could change everything it's a snowball um, effect man it's huge all the way so family man you you're a you're a husband you know a great wife great kids you guys are in you know in the fitness together uh so on truth man what's what's some truths with family for you the truth for family for me is uh I have to be the king of this relationship. And I say the king of this relationship because I have to feel that I'm good all the time. I don't want to need something from them. I feel that I have to be the one there for them. 
if that <clears throat> if that makes sense. It's like if I if I'm a broken down man wanting dinner at six o'clock every night, or I need my kids to go get me this, or I need this, and I need this emotional support, they're not going to be taken care of the way they should be. So I have to remain solid. That is my truth. And if I need something. It, it'll be a private conversation with my wife and I and, and hey, this is this needs to get taken care of. But I have to be the strongest man that I can be, the strongest husband, the strongest father. And they always, always come first, not to be confused with Kingsley first. Right. They always come first mm-hmm. in, in my eyes of being taken care of, of being supplied with the knowledge and the affections and the emotions that they need. But with that said, I will go to the gym. I will eat first. I will buy the shit that I want to buy. Take care of me very well. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It it makes me, I guess this is a great way to look at it is, is I do me very well. I have, you know, um, a great motorcycle in in the garage. I have a 700 horsepower pro street 72 Chevy out there. I have an 83 K10. That's a 430 horse engine in there. None (laughs) of that is needed. Right. But I want it and I have it and I'll fucking buy whatever I want to buy. Uh, that makes me extremely confident in a lot of aspects in my life. So whenever they do need something, mm-hmm. I'm good. I'm good to take care of that. I'm solid. I can give them the emotional support or the hug or or here's a here's a credit card, go fill your tank up kind of shit, right? Because I'm not in need. I'm solid. I'm good. The word that comes to mind, which is an amazing word, and I highly suggest using it, is sustained. Mm. That feeling right there is like if you think of something, sit back in your chair, watch the sunset. I get goosebumps thinking about it. I don't need a fucking thing. I'm sustained. I love that word. All the way. It is, uh, <laughs> I've been doing a lot of reading and, and like uh, there's nothing I can do about 10 seconds, 10 minutes, 10 days, right. 10 months ago. Right now, I don't like if creditors are calling whatever whatever it is if i just blew a transmission right now everything's perfect that's absolutely um, it makes you available for others when you're not in need you can be that person that because everybody's in need right but if you're sustained if you're good if you're whole if you're happy you mm-hmm. can be the person that somebody needs and that's powerful all the way it is um and so is there something you do to honor that, like a discipline. Um, I know you said you had, you know, uh, not not necessarily a speed reader, but you know, something that you feed yourself with, you know, with your eyes, with your ears, to um, help equip yourself with the armor for that. You're gonna think I'm crazy. You might not, though. You might not. You might be just as crazy as me. Um, we're learning. Creative mind. We're learning. This is this book was written like back when James Allen wrote that book. What the heck was uh-huh. the name of that James Allen book? I know it's right on the tip of my tongue. You know what I'm talking about, right? It was written back yeah. in like the twenties, right? They had their uh-huh. shit down, dude. There is crazy way of positive thinking of the universe is there for us, and there's something bigger than you and me. There's something bigger than this flesh. And I've studied in the last probably six weeks, it's relatively new to me, the fifth dimension. I don't know if you've ever got into some of that stuff. You go from 3D to 5D. And, and um, just to simplify, you have this, oh, you shake. You're like, yep. <laughs> you have this overwhelming peace. And that's what I just continue to, to research and learn and live is an overwhelming peace. Now, if I wanted to write down all this shit, that I could get frustrated about. I could pick this desk up and throw it through my wall of anger. I could fill this entire notebook of the reasons why I could be fucking pissed off. But in the reality of it, it's just a simple mind shift. And every single buddy that has something going on can do the same. I don't care if you're a business owner or you make two bucks an hour. You're alive, you're well, and you're loved. There's nothing really better than that, right? So instead of focusing on you know, I only have three months left of interest reserves on this second location with a $12,000 payment coming up. If I'm not in business by March, I'm fucked, like literally fisted. Fucked. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think of, oh, my God, I'm going to be fucked. I'm like, I can't wait to open my business in January because shit's going so smooth and so fast. It's happening right now before me. The contractors are there right now. Right. That's a lot easier on my soul than thinking 
holy shit, what if this or what if that? I look at right now, I have a gym that has 1,800 plus members. I just looked at the cameras before we jumped on this call. There's probably 50 people in there running on treadmills, lifting weights, doing group fitness classes, enjoying life. That's what we created, right? Right, right. I just had a 16 and 18-year-old kid say, I love you, daddy, and drive off. Mm -hmm. Focus on that. Right. Not, not anything negative. Not the fact that my cup of coffee is empty. <laughs> I mean, it just, there's so many blessings out there that you just need to, like, stop the noise. The mm -hmm. deep breath in. And just be right. And we talked about that before the call. Just be in this moment right now. You can't. Oh, wow. Nobody can. Nobody can take that from you. Nobody. It's an amazing just feeling. Just the man in the mirror. That's it. That's it. <laughs> Try to take it. Try to take it. You can't. Nobody can take it. So that that's how I honor that is, is being there. I think I went off on a tangent there, Frank. Being there for my kids. Mm -hmm. Being there in a different way. Every generation has to be better than the last generation. And um, it's not really hard. That the It wasn't set very high for me to be a better father. Mm -hmm. But I don't use that as an excuse to be a shitty father. I try to be mm -hmm. the best father I can. Like I had, I had parents telling me and, and friends and family telling me that I was, I was telling my kids the wrong things because I was honest with my daughters at the age of 13 and 14 about the way that guys like you and me were in high school. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Like what they say, how they act, their body language. Um, and, I, and I remember my oldest daughter come home one day and she was like freshman in high school. She's laughing. She says, you were right. I said, what do you mean? That's something weird to hear from a woman. And she says, the, the boy actually said almost word for word what you said. And I said, do you realize what's going on now? And she says, absolutely. So to be honest about sex, drugs, right. actions, everything with a 13-year-old girl, mm -hmm. both my daughters are still um, – I hate the word virgins, but they're, they're still that way. They both have the, these crazy visions of power and entrepreneurship and success, you know, it, and it just goes to because I was honest with them. I didn't hide anything from them. I didn't say, you know, I, I was this and this and this in high school. I said, no, I was a piece of shit. And this mm -hmm. is how I treated women. And this is why I know. Right. And, right. and it, it proved itself to be very, very powerful with raising two girls. Beautiful girls too. I, I tell myself all the time, I wish they weren't. <laughs> I wish they weren't. Harry <laughs> <laughs> yeah, girls or something, you know. But they ended up being a gorgeous little blonde girls, and you know, I'm really proud of them. So to to be there for what they need and be truthful and honest about the world is that's pretty pretty uh -huh. cool. All the way, man. I feel you. I, my daughter just had a 15 birthday, five foot eight, blue eyed blonde. Um, mm. You know, and it's I'm very fortunate. And, and, uh, you know, the wife that, that chose me or I chose her, we had, you know, had to come to some kind of unanimous decision there. <laughs> <laughs> she got pregnant, Frank, come on, tell the truth. <laughs> and, you know, he's there to help equip the children too. Um, and so that's, that's awesome. Uh, so we have, man, fitness. So we're getting close to, I don't want to take up all your day. Okay. Um, you know, obviously, we just said, you know, you're five foot nine dude and fitness is like a huge part of your life. It is. Um, so what, what is your truth in that? Cause you know, I, I get the feeling and I think I'm probably safe saying like, you're not just completely on, you know, the, the, I, I guess the muscle lifting side, there's, there's a whole symbiotic portion of that because there, there, there is, there is. Yeah. Yeah. I wish that I had um, a picture that I could show up on the screen right here, being 115, 20 pounds in high school and getting yeah. shoved in lockers and, and then going into the underground mine era that, that everything under the, in, in the mines is heavy, right? And here you are, this five foot nine guy that's scrawny that can barely pull his own weight and you're dragging two inch hoses in the mud or carrying you know, a box of dynamite. I hate the word dynamite, but for, for whatever is 55 pounds and you've got to hustle 15 of those to the work area and stuff. So, you know, getting, getting those comments from people like, Oh, you want me to get that skinny? You know, those, those comments suck and they get bred in, in, into your head and they don't ever go away. So when I joined 
a gym, I had a, this, this purpose of I don't want to be skinny anymore, right? But being skinny doesn't make you the man you are. Being muscular doesn't make you the man you are. But you have to see that you're capable of doing things. That makes you the man that you are. And that's how important fitness is with everything. And I struggled with that for years because it's easy for me now. Fitness is easy for me now to do on a daily basis. But I thought to myself, you know, you got you got like social media gurus like Sean Whalen. It's like, you've got you've to go to the gym. You've got to do this. It's got to be. And I'm like, what the fuck does that have to do with anything? Mm-hmm. what is that relevant to anything about my job or my relationships but it cuts down and it boils down to the fact that that you can take any person in the in the world that's self-doubtful of their own abilities which is every single one of us and you can go to the gym three or four days a week and see what you've accomplished whether it's mm-hmm. your legs grow or whether it's you lose you know women have that problem with their arms you know and they're like oh yay it's good you did that right you nobody else did that for you and it really has nothing to do with fitness at that point, right? It's like you can't take that away. You can't. I built up a deadlift from 225 to 540 by my work, right? Mm-hmm. You can't change. So that's that's the relevance of fitness has on on everyday life. It also has the relevance of waking up healthy every day, and it, and it goes to eating healthy every day. It's all part of it. You can't have a great physique and you eat shit all the time. It's a struggle. It's like three steps forward, five steps back when you go and eat pizza all the time. So you have to go into that realm of eating better, sleeping better, which causes you to be happier. You, you even, you know, fuck better, right? Everything is better. You're not out of shape in 20 seconds rolling off your wife thinking, God, can you take over? Right? You're like a man. You're like a lion. You're like, come here. Oh, that I hope testosterone is good for beard growth too. <laughs> <laughs> so you know it's so important, and it's even more enlightening as I say this because I don't do a lot of these podcasts and interviews. You go from a self-conscious man. Let's just throw something out there, hypothetical. You go from a three hundred pound man that can't even walk up the stairs to his house without taking a breath, to where. You now have accomplished something massive in your life. You've lost weight. You can pull this weight. You can bench press. You can do whatever. And you can take your wife and you can make love to her like a man because you're not out of breath. You're not self-conscious about your belly. You can take your shirt off while you have sex with your wife. You know what I'm saying? There's just like so many things that you have this, this manhood back. Mm-hmm. And it all starts with fitness. It all starts with being able to do things in a physical fitness way. It's huge. It's bigger than a deadlift. It's bigger than a bench press. It's so funny you say that because uh, all of you saw my post on social media yesterday about uh, Ryan Nidell. He sent me a question about beard growth and beard maintenance. Okay. He's like, what do I do? And I sent him a text message back, lift heavy shit, eat meat, have sex, take no shit. <laughs> and not in a particular order, right? <laughs> exactly. There's so. so much truth to that, dude. If I could just get every single man on this planet to just go lift heavy weights, eat some red meat, and feel like a beast, their yeah. whole life would change. Their whole life would change. It's, it's huge. And, and, uh, and for me, like, you know, I, I because, like, we live, um, like, 12 miles from the closest town and, like, an hour from – the gym that we go to. It's like for me at home, like every morning I get up, I follow Tom Shea and some of his routine. I have a certain number of push-ups I do, a certain amount of core routine that I do, and my foundation, my legs, something. Every day and every night, I try to do those things. Um, Part of that is to train my mind that those are necessary things that a man needs to do because a man needs to be – you know, capable to his potential. I know there's people with, with disabilities or sure. uh, things, but there's still things that, that you can do. Uh, like Nick, um, the, the, I can't remember what the Nick's last name, um, the guy that doesn't have any legs and one arm or and then there's that dude intense, right? Yeah. yeah. All yeah. those people are just like, Ugh. right. They do what they can yep. with what they got. Um, right. No different than you and I. Right? No. Uh, so, I mean, honoring that, obviously that that's a part of your lifestyle. How would somebody else, like if, uh, let's just say, you know, somebody's listening to this and is a 300 pound, 
300 pound man or uh, they're still they're 40 years old and 120 pounds and they want to be 180 what what's something that somebody can do you know starting today to, to kind of accomplish or to help honor that they got to start with goals very very clear transparent real goals and that that's a cliche ass answer it really is because Goals are garbage vision boards. You don't see a vision board behind me, but you do see three notebooks on my desk and they're visited every single morning. And the the biggest of those things that I have notes throughout the house go into my notes on my Facebook that I keep or on my, my iPhone that, that they stay open. And then I have like three to five things. So if I wanted to attack this goal of saying, I want to lose 300 pounds or I want to lose a hundred pounds because of whatever, or I want to gain some muscle for confidence. That's going to go on the journals. That's going to go in front of my face all the time. But right. But the key to that is action because nothing happens if you don't do anything to do it. Right. So right. if I had hired a coach, if I had hired a personal trainer, when I first started the gym, I would have made my goals a lot faster and it would have been a lot less painful. I probably wouldn't have had a shoulder surgery. I wouldn't have two herniated discs and a ruptured disc surgery about four years ago. Um, I wouldn't have like massive dysmorphic shoulders that I can't, if I was arrested, I would have to plead with the officer to, to put them in the front because I cannot put my arm behind my back. It was just the mistake of going out there and pounding weights away without the knowledge, but it worked. But now I have some things that I can work on. So if I wanted to get started, I would be really, really clear, transparent with myself, my goals and the abilities, but then I would hire a trainer. I would find a great gym. Um, and if anybody wants to know how to look for a gym, please reach out. I will be more than happy to tell you how to how to do it, what to look for. You need to get somebody that looks the way you want to look and that has possibly gone through the things that you want to go through. And because if go ahead and, and drop names or how they can find find you or or okay. you know what I'll I'll put some links up, right? Um yeah. Yeah. On the comments, yeah. yeah, but you can't, you can't like it's Andy Frisella talks about it's humility. You know, don't, don't come to me if you've got questions about shirt sales, right? Uh -huh. um, no, I don't know. But if you want to learn how to get fit or how to start a gym or how to do, you know, customer service or create an unbeatable culture with your employees, I'll, I'll tell you what I know. So don't go to a trainer that's not fit. You know, you see that a lot. You know, a lot of, a lot of women say, I don't want to go to that trainer because she looks intimidating. She has a lot of muscle. Motherfucker, mm -hmm. you got it. Right? right. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go to a girl that's more real. What does that mean? The girl that hasn't got her goals yet? The girl that hasn't had the achievements, right? Go to the one that has that badass body because that's what you want. You know, yeah. it's uncomfortable. Exactly. Life is uncomfortable. Winning exactly. is uncomfortable. Losing is just had a friend, um, a guy reached out to me the other day and he, he said, Hey man, can I get some advice? I'm like, yeah, no problem. Great. Cause it's in the same vein of business in kind of the, like the car industry that I'm familiar with, um, automotive industry. And he, he said, man, I want to pick your brain about this. This is a situation. This is what's going on. This is what's happening. And so I gave him a couple of scenarios to, uh, that, that I, that's my advice for this situation. Um, and he kept he kept circling back around back around back around and i you know at, at some point i recognized what's going on and i said like, okay brother it looks like what you're looking for basically is validation you asked me for my advice and based on my 16 years of being in this industry successfully you've got my advice um and i just dropped it because yep. at that point there's my advice that's um, an <laughs> um, you know, you messaged me the next day. He's like, man, I'm sorry, bro. I was, I was tired and cranky. And, um, and he's like, I showed up and everything worked out just fine. Um, you know, so it's, it's that situation that, man, you, people have to have, and I say this all the time, they need to have results in the area that you want, whether yeah. whatever it is, family, finances, faith, whatever you want, health. Do they have the results? If not, you can take their input and let it go in one ear and out the other because at that moment, you are not a participant. You're just observing and you're letting them feel better. They're, you're letting them vent, um, but you don't have to play in the mud. You can do it, yes. do it 
and they realize, oh, well, okay, that person's not, they're not making a change. They just want a, a voice box. They want validation. That's why when people have a shit day on Facebook, they go to Facebook and go, can you believe that Frank selling his beard oil? And, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and all they want is somebody to say, yeah, fuck him. Right. But they have no validity to the story. There's no weight to it. You know, they, they just want valid validation that they're an asshole. And <laughs> all the way, um, you know, and so we're getting close to the end of the hour here. And I want, I want to kind of wrap things up. We didn't quite cover everything that we can do a follow up episode down the road somewhere. Yes. Uh, and, and also make sure and leave um, a link for the 300 club that you guys have. Because, I mean, some people, you know, I may, they may think I'm a fucking asshole, which I, I to a thousand different people, I'm a thousand different people. Right. That's all there is to it. Yeah. If you get that, then you got, then you get it. <laughs> We're winning, um, right? <laughs> right. Uh, I, I, like last night, I, I kind of like to think, like I, the reflection, I think how, um, how I might be kind of perceived as kind of like a modern day uh, cross between like a Jim Rohn, a Zig Ziglar, and a Larry the Cable Guy. <laughs> Very interesting with a bitch and beard, right? <laughs> right. Uh, so, you know, wrapping up, what would you want to leave with the audience about uh, legacy building? Legacy building, it's um, it's as simple for me, which might not be the right answer for everybody. It's well, as simple for me to look at my accomplishments yesterday, look at what I learned yesterday, and try to at least minimal duplicate that today if not add something to it that hell yeah that's as, as simple as it can get you know if like i had a massive massive good day and i want to do this again because i've got some more stuff to share about it but i look at that and if i had got back into the drama yesterday with the same shit that i did not i would have went from 5d to 3d that fast i would have had a shitty day but i didn't and so now I got to think of that today when something appears, something comes, I got to realize that. And I got to do the same thing, minimal, if not more, and to just be better today than I was yesterday. Absolutely. And that, that goes back to kind of what we started at the beginning. If you don't like the results, check your actions, check your thinking, look right. for your inputs. You, you saw the results. It's like, man, yes. these are the actions yep. and follow that. It's, and that's it's something else. Like I, you know, I, uh, I, I made, uh, I, I talk a lot about, you know, lots, so many people are, are they want to impress the world by talking about all their chess moves when man, it's tic-tac-toe, you're, you're focused on an opponent and the principles never change, but the practices often do. Yeah. So whether it's chess, whether it's checkers, connect for tic-tac-toe, the principles are the same. It's one move at a time. One move at a time. Yep. And you just got to yep. make the right move. Don't get don't get frustrated when you make the wrong one. Just realize you made the wrong one. Back up and make the right one. All the way, brother, man. I appreciate you so much. And uh, if you're you're watching this, we do have a private group. Jeff, and he has a private group um, to help. Is it men and women in the 300? 100 percent. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Uh, so we ha we all have our own respective. Uh, Facebook communities that we're building, um, our own movements, purposes that we're building. Uh, so please, thank you so much, Jeff. I appreciate it. And Very have thank awesome you. Time. Thank you. And I'll get those comments in the link or links and comments or whatever. And um, let's do number two. Let me know. Let's do it. Let's do it. Thank you, everybody. Right. Thank you for being a man looking to fulfill his potential and not just get by on talent alone. This has been the Armored Up Man podcast. You can find us at armoredupman.com, anywhere on social media at Armored Up Man. And any likes and reviews are always greatly appreciated. Thank you.